0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Project Purple Podcast. I'm Dino Varelli, founder and CEO of Project Purple, and today we are back in the podcast studio. I've got two lovely guests with me, and today's podcast, which is kind of special, I hope I don't get too emotional here, is the top 10 of the decade.
1: It's crazy. Crazy. A full decade.
0: A full decade, full 10 years. I've got Vin Camp. Hey everybody who runs our fitness program and we've got the lovely the Chelsea wonderful Chelsea Bunyer. Correct and Chelsea's <laughs> got some popcorn on her face cuz she was just munching on some popcorn. Uh, it's on that's your nice. cheek.
2: Why don't we just like share It's on your everyone. cheek. Yes, we are sharing <laughs> yeah. with everyone, Chelsea. They can't see me, but now they know. If we
0: had a vlog, I've said multiple times, if we had a vlog, <laughs> it's off now. Did I get it? You did got it off. Popcorn? You got it off. Okay. Chelsea, we're all about keeping this real on the podcast. This is authentic.
1: Always options for a vlog.
0: Correct. Maybe in 2020, we'll have a vlog. Producer Sam, that might be in the works. So get ready for that one. So folks, thank you for listening to our podcast Uh, This episode is, uh, as I said, is a bit special just because we're going to look at the top 10 things for the decade. And I've got to say, guys, this was kind of hard. I I did give you guys homework ahead of time to kind of come up with your top 10. And then previously to hitting record, we kind of went over the top 10 and there were a couple of things that... I remembered that happened early on and it's just so wild and so special, but, uh, you know, we wanted to share kind of the top 10 things that have happened over the last decade with our audience and our listeners. And thank you guys for listening to our podcast. So with that drum roll, please. Producer Sam coming in at number 10 is the project purple podcast.
1: It's been exciting. It's been fun. A lot of guests. Um, I mean, we're launching it and the thoughts of launching this and the idea of launching it. Um, I think we've said it here in the office before. It's just been, we didn't think it was going to expand into what it's expanded to, but it's been fun. The variety of guests we've had on, um, the knowledge that we've learned from the doctors and and everybody else. It's just been, it's been a fun experience for me. I think for all of us here in the office.
2: I couldn't agree more. I think it's something that uh, everybody can kind of relate to because we have a little bit of everything, uh, and you don't have to tune into every Project Purple podcast. Maybe there's some uh, content areas you're not interested in, but I think there, there's a lot of stuff that we've been able to touch on. So it's been pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I will echo both of those sentiments and say that when we had this idea from the very beginning, I think the idea of having a podcast at least for me, was to give patients and doctors the opportunity to share their stories and communicate those stories just in a different medium, you know, which is, you know, listening. And I think it's really kind of evolved and it's kind of become something really cool because now we connect with our runners and our participants as well, uh, which has just been really exciting to see, which benefit everything that we do here in terms of our programs and helping patients. And I think the one thing that, you know, is crotching numbers, I think I mentioned this to Vin, you know, we, we've we been pretty across the board. We, we've had a third of our episodes have been with survivors and fighters. A third have been, Scientists and clinicians and people and they may not necessarily be a medical oncologist or be in oncology, but they're a clinician in some aspect. And we've brought topics from nutrition and from chiropractic and you know health and wellness, I should say. And then we've had kind of a third of this other category where we've had Olympians and you know professional athletes, uh, coaches and and people that talk about inspiring stories about how to make your life better. So it's been really kind of fascinating to see the arc of the podcast and kind of excited to see where it goes in the next 10 years. Maybe we'll get a vlog so that, you know.
2: People can see the popcorn on my face.
0: And I think to that note, though, Chelsea, I know we're joking about that. That's not a joke in the sense she did have popcorn on her face, but (laughs) we're not making it up, I should say. But I think the one thing that I have attempted to continue with every podcast episode, is keep it as genuine and as real. So this is the real deal. These are real people. It's real stories, whether it's about the science or someone fighting the cancer. um, It's truly genuine what people are saying. So to that, we'll keep that going. Coming in at number nine, number nine on the top 10 for the decade. This was kind of tough. I think we were talking a little bit before this, and I was kind of not thinking, and then when Vin and Chelsea had mentioned it, realized how big of a deal it is, is going international is number nine on the top 10 for the decade. And I know we, we've done some things where we've had international people come to the US. So it's not in the sense of, you know, becoming an international organization in terms of our participation, but actually going internationally and actually producing events has been pretty wild to see.
1: I mean, I mean, for me, New to marathons before I ever come came into Project Purple, um and learning just this past year, I think in Chicago that there was this actual top six. Is that the top six marathons in the world? Is it six?
2: It, 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 there are six. six. Yes, and, and so and then, it's
1: not a top six, but it's it it, the, the majors. The six world majors. The, six yeah. world majors. the big um, six. Yeah. I, say?
2: Yeah.
0: yeah, I would say the big six.
1: So then we're in, you know, two of those here in, in the States. And I think it just makes sense. And, you know, when Chelsea mentioned that we were going to Berlin, I got a little goosebumps and I'm not even you know, that much of a runner, but it was, it was just seemed like in the next step in this evolution of what we're doing, it just seemed like a logical next step. And it's exciting to see that growth, especially overseas.
2: I mean, we've had, uh, I don't know how many runners, uh, over the years ask us, you know, when, when are you going to do Berlin? when are you going to do London? Like when, when are you guys going to get over there? Because uh, we have a lot of runners who are super interested in, in these races and they're not easy to get into. It's, it's something that, you know, really uh, doesn't happen for a lot of people. When they apply to these races, they can apply for, you know, several years and not get into these races. So to, to have the ability to uh, bring the Berlin marathon, uh, 2020 to our current runner base, and uh, you know potentially get other people outside of our current community excited about uh, being a part of what we do um, is an amazing opportunity, and we're we're so excited about it.
0: Yeah, and, and for our audience listening at home, there will be another announcement in 2020 uh, of another international race. I guess you can read between the lines that we potentially will be a official marathon charity partner and offer access to that race via our charity program. So it's, it's really exciting. And I think, you know, the success with Berlin just on the running side has been really phenomenal. I mean, we are close to being sold out. So if you are listening to the podcast and would like to run the Berlin marathon for us in 2020, and uh, that is something that you really want to do, I would highly encourage you to apply for the team because spots are going very, very quick. I think we only have a handful of spots left. Yeah,
2: we only have like five spots left. So yeah. get them while they're hot.
0: That's right. That's right. But international, this started a couple years ago, Vin.
1: On the fitness side. Yeah. Two years ago. Or yeah, two, two years, years ago. ago um, yeah. We had our first, uh, we met, I don't know if we met somebody or they saw one of our posts on Instagram um, that had been affected by pancreatic cancer that, you know, had been doing CrossFit or was at a CrossFit, um, and reached out to see if we could do it in Canada. And I know back then I was like, Oh, it's a great question. Let me ask Dino. Um, all the logistics and everything. And you know, got to go ahead and now I think this year we had three gyms in Canada do it, two repeats and one new one. Um, and you know, they're committed to continuing to do that. And I think that growth up there is is gonna be, you know, amazing. And I think it it's a little foreshadowing in our top ten list here, but there's some other stuff going on, you know, in Canada that you know we are a part of. So it sort of just makes sense uh, the, and that growth is going to be you know pretty exciting to see.
0: as long as as we can get through the mail issues because i remember last year we had a massive there was a massive mail strike mail carrier strike in canada that held up our t-shirts to the events unfortunately i think they got them eventually but there was a lot of stress going into that week of the event
1: there's a few logistical problems getting the shirts and stuff up there um but think we ironed those out and got that all taken care of for well, this year at least. Canada ironed those for out. For Canada. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: That was a, Cana- a, a Canadian <laughs> issue. We love our our friends to the north. It we, just love was, Canada. we love Canada. We love Mexico. We love all countries and all participants, but I, I think just the logistics of trying yeah. to, that was kind of the first time we've ever dealt with that, quite frankly, yeah. because we were like, okay, we can ship these shirts up there. Not a problem, but then when they're sitting at the post they're, office. They were at the
1: post office for, <laughs> for maybe a, a month. month yeah, yeah, for a
0: very long time uh, which was completely out of our control but lesson learned right yeah. like you know going into it so that was awesome but we love uh and and like I said to the audience listening before there'll be other opportunities internationally uh, we're excited for that and for that to become part of our portfolio moving on number eight in the top 10 for the decade um, this goes back a couple years ago uh, it was pretty significant thing for us at the time. I think it was before either one of you were here quite uh, possibly. We were, no, we, we were both, both here. here. Uh, both here It early was my first on. couple months. Yeah, first on.
2: So that would have been 2017.
0: 2000, early, yeah, late 2000. Fall 2017. T- fall t- fall t- 2017 was the ad that we placed in Delta's Sky Miles Magazine. We had a full-page ad. Uh, We were really blessed and fortunate to have the ability to do this. Um, It was at a super discount and was something that was just really cool. I personally, I think we all kind of have flown Delta primarily just because of where we're located and where we usually go is usually kind of a Delta hub. Mm -hmm. So it was really cool to see that happen where we had our ad, which was for our patient financial aid program. Uh, one of our ambassadors Mike Rice was a picture with him and his mom it was just really really special to see that
2: I think the the coolest part was you know the the fact that um, I I had gotten to know Mike a little bit before that and kind of knew what he went through or what what he was going through with his mom um, previously and uh, to be able to see him uh, and his mom uh, in that ad uh, and, and Delta Magazine was pretty awesome. Um, I, I think it, it was almost a realization of some things coming to fruition for Project Purple.
1: Yeah, I, I piggyback on that. And you know, for me, it was my first couple months here. Um, and being that we, I think it was just the three of us in the office at the time back then, um, Such being such a small you know, thing that we have going on here, you know, network of people in the office or employees. Um, it was pretty cool to see something on that scale that, you know, all of these people that are traveling and, you know, picking up that Sky Miles book and looking through that on their flights. It was just pretty cool, you know, for me to see, okay, this small organization that's doing a lot of good is expanding and, and hitting that many more people. So that was, that was cool to see on my end, especially first few months into the job.
0: Yeah, it was pretty cool. I think for me, you know, naturally it took on a different meaning for me. And I remember just uh, a good friend of mine, he, hopefully he's listening, Peter Riddle, who flies quite often, uh, who lives out of the Boston area on Delta. He was like the first person to text me a, a, like a boomerang of the ad. And it was just really cool. And I think we have a couple of copies still here in our office. And, I, you know, the one thing that I always remember about this is... Cheryl Sandberg is on the cover of that episode uh, for for that month that our ad played in there. So that's like kind of something that I always remember now as I fly Delta, I always look at the covers thinking like, oh, that's going to be our ad because Cheryl Sandberg's on the cover. So always looking for that. But that was really special for us and and for me in particular, I think just watching the growth over the years uh, with the organization to be at that level now where we have a national ad and, you know. So many people hopefully saw that and knew, like we're helping patients through our patient financial aid program because that was really the focus of the ad, which is so important, so critical. So it was really special,
1: And if I can add on that, just a little side note honorable mention, too, was the the commercial we did too that that Sam put together um for producer
0: Sam getting a plug. here. yeah,
1: so I think that that opened the doors to to a lot of other, you know advertising or national type
0: and that was the commercial that was on the
1: discovery channel
0: yeah. uh that ran uh last year actually on a on a show that was uh from a good friend of ours john uh great northern alaskan tours uh good friend of christy Diverts, and uh was a little bit about our friend good friend rick carone over at uh you know is at carone foundation who started carone foundation so uh yeah th- those two ads were pretty special yeah, yeah that's a, that's a good one ben All right, moving on. Number seven of the top 10 of the decade coming in at seven is the success. And we just kind of talked briefly about it in the Delta ad, but our PFA program. And I think this is something for me that has always been since day one of having this idea of starting a charity and to see where it's become in the season of uh, reflection, I should say, has been really special. Um, and probably probably my most, pr- uh, like, the thing that I'm most proud of is how many people we've actually impacted in a positive way that have dealt with this disease. And if you look at the numbers, you know, we're, we're closing in on over $400,000 paid, almost 400 patients you know, or families, I should say, because, you know, the aid does impact not just the patient, but the family as a whole, right? So to think that from the very humble beginnings of raising $42,000 that, you know, we, we've paid close to 400,000 and helped almost 400 people just financially, but then, you know, people, and there was a recent comment on this, and I'm gonna bring this up about our blanket program, which falls under, you know, for their listeners at home that don't know this, uh, we do provide free blankets to anyone battling pancreatic cancer. And this is a part of our, we've rolled this into our patient financial aid program. So it's our blanket of hope program. And if you look at the numbers, we've sent over 2000 blankets since inception, over 2000 blankets to someone who's been battling pancreatic cancer and they don't cost a lot um, but we like telling our donors and hopefully the people listening which are a lot of our donors or potential donors that for 26 we can mail a blanket out to someone and that's the that's the all-in cost that's the cost of production it's the cost of shipping so 26 bucks gets a blanket to someone who is battling pancreatic cancer and we know that doesn't provide any financial assistance But there's information that goes in those blanket packets that gives them information about our financial program so that potentially, hopefully, they will apply for financial assistance. But it also gives them a lot of hope. It shares with them that they're not alone and they've got the backing of Project Purple to help them through this odyssey and this journey of pancreatic cancer. But that program, you know, as a whole, and I I bring up the blankets, my point here is because recently there was a, you know, we're we're in our end of the year campaign and someone had made a comment about, you know, $26 is a waste of money of a blanket. Um, And I I was very, you know, strongly opinionated, I guess, uh, to counter that comment. um, Because I think for someone who doesn't have the resources that maybe everyone may have or our certain families may have, I should say, and to get a blanket from a, a group of complete strangers to say like, Hey, don't give up. If you need help, if you, if you have questions, here's an outlet for you, whether it's financially, emotionally, and, um, I think our blanket program has been something that I, I've been really proud of since day one and something that we'll continue to do regardless of the cost and regardless of the comments that come in. But to get back to the, the, the point here, number seven, the PFA program has been just something really, really special in my mind. I mean, this is really hard. I, I would probably, personally, I'd probably put it a lot higher maybe um, because of the impact that it's had. But I think for everything else that we're looking at, it was kind of a hard decision to make
2: yeah, I mean, I kind of have this um, you know, special relationship with the PFA program because when I first started here at Project Purple, um, that was the program that I was managing um, <clears throat> initially when I came on board in uh, August of two thousand and sixteen. And so I firsthand, I, I got to see, you know, the impact that these blankets and our aid had on all these patients. And, um, you know, I connected with a lot of people over that time and talked with a lot of people on the phone and, uh, patients battling family members. And, uh, I know that everyone who received a blanket was super grateful. And, um, it's more than just a blanket. Uh, it's, it's knowing that people are in the fight with you and that there are people there you can talk to, and you can, uh, reach out to if, if, you're unsure of what your next steps are. So I think it's something really special that we do. I have to agree with you, Dino. Like I, that's something that's, that's a staple that's going to stay in that program for years to come.
1: Yeah. And, and I echo that too, Chels. Um, and just seeing, you know, the pictures or the sharing the stories or, you know, patients, you know, sharing their pictures or posting and tagging us on social media. Um, you're seeing just their, like being able to let go during this evil battle that they're doing um, It is pretty special. And, you know, I think a lot of what we do, we, I mean, we are funding, you know, research and, and doing that kind of stuff, but this fight against pancreatic cancer isn't just about that. It's about the support and and bringing that whole circle, you know, and offering a lot. And I think that's exactly what this program does. It it, it completes that circle of we're not just funding research, you know, it's our, our main focus, but we're also you know, giving these people, you know, the support that they need and letting them just, you know, maybe not think about it for a little while or maybe get a little bit more energy and effort in their fight and just pick up their spirits a little bit. And I think from everything I've seen, it's exactly what this program has done. Um, you know, and it, I'm excited again. I keep saying I'm excited about all these programs, but you know, it, it, I'm excited to see where it goes and, you know, the more families we can help i mean the better
0: yeah i agree with both uh, and you know Charles, for you because you dealt with the program it's got to be pretty cool to see where it's gone you know now you know in terms of the program and how it's grown because even when you came on board you know we were only helping so much and now we're helping so many more and i think for our listeners at home i'll, I'll leave everyone with this comment you know if you know someone battling pancreatic cancer, we can send them a free blanket. And that free blanket, that blanket of hope means so much more than just the blanket that it provides. And no one should fight this disease alone. And I think that's what this program has achieved, which is just part of our foundation. you know. And I'm excited for the future for this program because there's some exciting things that we'll hopefully be doing in 2020, um, hopefully expanding the program on various levels and, and giving patients a better opportunity to connect with us in terms of needing assistance so it's it's exciting to see that that product of uh, not the product but the the platform and the program evolve and help more because that ultimately is the goal Mm -hmm. so moving on number six of the top 10 these were all really hard i think as we get into the top five you know even the top you know, 10 is just so hard because there's been so many great things. Um, but this one was something that kind of stuck out in my mind. Uh, when Vin brought it up, I didn't have it on my original list and I was like, Oh damn, man, that, that, that's a really good one. Um, and this was happening, this happened last year, which was the, my cause, my cleats campaign with the NFL. And we were Super blessed to have three players from the uh, i almost said San Diego, but LA Chargers, LA Chargers
1: now. <laughs> yeah, LA Chargers
0: um, work with us, and and for me, and I'll let you guys speak here. For me, the special sauce and on, on that program when we did that was the relationships that we met, not only what just with the players that you know wore the the cleats. And they were all gracious. They were all had different stories and, and super dudes. Uh, but even the artist. And, and I think that was something that was really really cool. And and you know when uh, I think whenever there's uh, you know times when people's backs are against the wall or they go through adversity, and you know these three players, you know um, you know two of the players were connected, the one player wasn't connected, and his adversity wasn't the disease, but he ended up getting cut. Shortly thereafter. And the guy's like a great, great guy, man. Um, You know, it was just like a playoff roster move. It wasn't anything negative. Um, And then he literally got released and then signed literally with, I think, in the same day, you know, and and has had like a tough year this year because he's been battling some injuries and stuff, but was still in the league but it was just really, really wild to just meet those guys, get to know those guys and hear their stories. And, and for me, that was just something really, really special with that program. And just from an awareness was just pretty, pretty amazing.
1: Yeah. For me, I mean, this is one of my, uh, you know, to heart, um, you know, programs or events that we've done. Um, so when I came on, you know, I, I've always, you know, seen these cleats and seen this, you know, being a football fan and everything. So I just reached out to all the NFL teams, um, you know, and asked them if, you know, we could partner with them. And, you know, those the, the LA chargers, you know, happened to have their intern at the time was affected or, um, was who battled diabetes, which he knew a lot about pancreatic cancer in terms of warning signs and that kind of stuff. So he presented it, a couple of the players jumped on board, um, And the whole process was just pretty, pretty fun uh, from beginning to end, watching the cleats be made, you know, Blake, the artist out in, you know, in the LA area, you know, would put up the stories on the progression of the work in progress of the cleats coming along. And then to see the final, you know, shoe come out, we have a pair of them here at the office. Um, Again, you know, going back to like the Delta ad and the discovery, you know, commercial, it, it was just another platform on a national level to, you know, let people know who we are and let people know they're, like you said, not fighting alone. And, you know, there are organizations out there to help.
2: I think uh, this, this My cause my cleats thing is a pretty amazing thing that uh, athletes do. And I think anytime you can use the platform of athletics to, uh, raise awareness for other issues, you know, whether it's, you know, a social issue that you care about, um, or, you know, doing it for, for pancreatic cancer, if you're affected by the disease. Um, I, I, I think it's so cool that, that these professional athletes have a platform and are using it in a positive way. Uh, and, uh, we're, we're really happy that we were able to, to work with these guys and do that. Yeah.
1: And in, in 2020, there might be some new opportunities coming from this uh, hopefully the 2020 season will be able to get involved in a couple more ways um, but it is, I mean it, like you said it's pretty cool to see you know NFL or MLB or the just the rules be a little bit more lenient in all these leagues just for players to be able to do philanthropic stuff or do you know have a little leeway on their uniforms to you know to spread awareness for a cause um, I think it's pretty special
0: i can't wait uh it, you know the future is bright as we've been saying a lot this year on a variety of topics but uh i, I think next year is going to be a pretty special year and you know this was a uh, really special, as we said, it came in at number six for the top 10 of the decade. Moving on to number five. So we're cracking the top five here. And and as we said, it's just just, like, I look back, like as we speak here and our audience listening, You know, we did do some homework ahead of time, but now I'm like making all these notes. Again, if we had a vlog, people would see this. Uh, It's just crazy. And the sticky tabs that are being passed around here in the studio, asking questions. But coming in at number five, I have it labeled as our in-house events, and this breaks into two categories, the success of our push-pull for PC program in the fitness space, and then our Steps for a Cure walk-run series, which is both of those events are two in-house programs that were created from scratch, Um, not that workouts in a gym environment were anything new. Those have been around for years. It just was our idea and our execution of that idea. And same can be said for the walk run program. I mean, walk run programs have been around for, you know, 30 something years plus using charity. We just kind of put our own spin on it. And it's been really cool. You know, the push pull program started in 2000 and Five years ago. So 2015 was the first year that we, we ran the push-pull for PC and, and fitness. And then our walk-run program really, I think we dabbled in it early on and just couldn't figure it out. And then three years ago, we made really a concerted effort to do these a particular way manage them, hire some professionals to help us with kind of logistics and stuff. And then just it's been really cool to see that program grow over the last three years.
1: Yeah, I, I concur with that. It's just the growth of those programs and, and having something in-house, um, it just goes, to, it's showing our expansion. Uh, you know, we were talking to somebody over the weekend that was like, focus on, you know, one area, make that one area really good, which I think we've done with the marathon program. So I think that obvious next logical step was, okay, what else can we get into? You know, the marathon program is was up and running and, and firing on all cylinders, so to say. Um, you know, so what else could we do? And I think those two areas, um, you know, being you know, community-driven and just helping to raise that awareness, you know, walks are really successful. And, you know, the growth of them and having them you know, seven this year or next year, looking into next year. Uh, the, so the growth of that is is impressive. And then on the push-pull side, you know, I can speak to the the number of gyms over the years that are getting involved. This year, we're going to have just hovering around 100 gyms participate, almost 1,200 participants that register to participate. That's not including people that go to the gyms and just do the workouts, but necessarily might not register. Uh, it's just been pretty cool and exciting to see.
2: Yeah. Very cool. Um, I I think speaking from my experience, you know, coming in uh, back in August of 2016, um, I was actually managing a portion of push-pull when I came <laughs> in, too. Uh, so I was I was managing I that program as well. <laughs> um, Who would Yeah. So I, it, it's pretty cool that we fast-forward to 2017. We bring Vin on board, you know, to to manage and grow that program and to see, you know, where it's come from and where it is now. You know, that that program has really flourished, and we've been able to, you know, bring Vin on to, to do that. So that's been really amazing. Um, and then fast forward to you know the last six months here uh, with our walks, we brought a staff member on to manage the walks as well. So we, we brought Bri on to do that. So it, it's pretty cool. Uh, I think that speaks to the growth uh, that we've had over the last few years here at Project Purple.
0: Which is all from the participants, you know, the folks listening at home. So thank you guys for allowing us the opportunity to do that. And as they say, if you build it, they'll come, right? Um, and I think the one thing for me, uh, just looking back, you know, that the fitness community has been great. And um, Vin, you've done a great job building that program. And this year has been really exceptional. Last year was a record year. This year is another record year and looking forward to 2020 to be even a bigger record year. And I think the evolution of fitness has been really unique because I think we started in a really fun time back in 15. And, and, you know, the last two years, we've just seen so many players get into the fitness at and, you know, this year, you know, we, we, we had some things, you know, that were totally out of the box, which is just really cool. And, and I think, again, I go back to maybe something I said earlier, just the more people that are getting involved, the greater this whole mission will become, you know, and be, and the, the, the more great things we will continue to do, whether that's PFA or through research. So it's just really exciting to see that, that growth and it's just awesome. So that's number five coming in at number four and this one was um, you know these are just all so, so hard like i think as we as we they speak about these yeah we kind of interchange these but this one was pretty special uh for us because these guys uh have worked with us twice now um and this goes to the potterhead running club you know the top 10 uh, of the decade coming in at number four was our relationship working with the potterhead running club and brian and dawn and Kier and and liz who who helps out here who works there and helps them have just been really really awesome to partner with uh, For our listeners at home who aren't familiar with that name uh, potterhead running club is a, a Virtual running group based online um, themed around the harry potter movies And they've got a couple other fandoms that they they have as well, Doctor Who, and I think there's another one uh, that they've started as well. But it's just really amazing, you know, back in 2016 – um, they had come to us and, um, a former employee, actually
2: Liz, 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 our, our, our former, former employee, employee yeah. had reached out to them.
0: Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So Liz Malden, who was our first employee ever, um, who was with us. Um, she was a big, uh, Potter fan and big into the virtual running scene and that fandom. Um, I think she even followed Dr. Who too, which is like a UK mm-hmm. shoot, a uh, UK show, a show that's pretty popular in the UK. If, uh, if I'm correct. And don't quote me on that, though, because I'm not 100% on that. And she reached out to them, and right around that time, uh, the gentleman who played Professor Snape...
2: Alan Rickman.
0: Alan Rickman, thank you. I was a blank there, Charles. Uh, passed away from pancreatic cancer, and they had on their uh, docket of events was this half-marathon... The Half-Blood Prince, you know, uh, which is if you know the show or in the movies, Alan Rickman's character, Professor Snape, is the Half-Blood Prince, right? So it was just kind of like the stars aligned. It was kind of eerie how it happened and how it all worked out. And originally we worked with them. In 2016 to help promote and to work with them. And, and the proceeds of that one event to us were like $131,000, which was just mind blowing at the time. It was our biggest gift ever. And, and their
2: biggest gift ever. Correct. Was yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. And it was like their most successful event. Like it, it shattered records for them. And and I think it allowed them to kind of do some things to grow. And it, naturally for us, it allowed us to do some things. We ended up taking that money. And that actually, you know, this is so crazy how these things happen. Crazy for me to kind of look back. And if you look at a timeline, you know, going hindsight being 2020, of course, always. That was the gift that allowed us to have this idea to open an early detection clinic in the state of Nebraska at the University of Nebraska Medical Center there in Omaha. And fast forward, you know, they have like 275 people as of last week that they are in surveillance in this clinic, but that was the seed money. Now, naturally they've gotten other funding um, and they've got other resources now, but that original gift and we we upped it, we gave them 140,000 was really the the starter funds or the incubation funds to you know get that program off the ground. So it's just so wild to see the impact of the Potterhead running community and you know these these complete strangers at the time. They become really good friends of ours now, uh, but these strangers at the time and and the impact that they had with this community in Nebraska and with early detection and we'll get to that where that's evolved. But keeping them at number four there was an opportunity this year, they came back to us and said, Hey, we've got this stage five Klinger 5k. We'd love to get you guys involved again. We worked really well. And so we came back and we're doing it again. So for 2019, so they've been great partners. I, I consider them partners with us in terms of what we've been able to do here.
2: I also think just to add this, um, there's been some really like interesting and random connections that have come out of the Potterhead running club. So we've had a couple of runners that have joined us, um, through other avenues and they've been like, Oh, I'm a part of the Potterhead running club too. So, um, it's a small world. Like it's, it's, it's pretty cool to see the connections that have come out of Potterhead running club.
0: I think it's fascinating. So on that note, like naturally Liz, full disclosure who volunteers for us here, um, and i think she came to us after that original gift and i think she, she did, found yes. out found out about us through that relationship right but one of our ambassadors angela singh mm-hmm. is big follower you know big participant within the potterhead running club uh, one of our board members kathleen balducci who's hopefully listening <laughs> kathleen's a big fan i just gave it out kathleen that you're a big fan of, uh, and part of the potterhead running community so it's just it is really fascinating to me as big as this world in philanthropy is, how small it is when you start to break it down and, and peel back the layers, it's pretty wild. All right, moving on. Number, uh, number three here, and uh, as I said, the top five, the top 10, these are just so hard, and, and not to be redundant here, but coming in at number three for the top 10 of the decade, is molly huddle and hopefully she listens to the project purple podcast molly you better be listening no that's a joke she's she's uh hopefully she does listen to this one and uh, we've had her as a guest on our on our podcast but her involvement as a whole with project purple has been really special for me and i know for you guys i know i know we take uh you know that you know, in terms of what she's done for us, because we've gotten runners on our running program, you know, the awareness for our listeners at home that maybe don't know who Molly Huddle is. She's pretty amazing. First of all, amazing person, but phenomenal athlete holds well in excess i think it's up to 28 national records has the fastest women's US women's half marathon time
2: she won the new york city half several times won the new
0: york city half she set i believe she set the record of the US women's uh half marathon record in mm-hmm. houston but is just a dynamic amazing person um She actually, on World Pancreatic Cancer Day three years ago, without my knowing, without anyone's acknowledgement, just jumped on social media to help raise awareness for pancreatic cancer and and naturally for what she's been involved here at Project Purple. So it's just really, really just amazing to see her uh, champion that. Um, Sadly and unfortunately, she has been impacted by the disease. Um, She lost a grandparent and then recently her uncle uh, to the disease. And so it's something that she has mentioned to me on the podcast. Um, If you listen to that episode, you know, that, that it just means a lot to her to be able to give back. Um, in that way, and and she's just a great, great person, and we wish her a lot of luck in her training as she trains. Uh, she's been an Olympian multiple times in the shorter distances, but her goal for the next Olympian is to be on the marathon team. So,
2: yeah, it's it's pretty cool. So for our runners who you know come back year after year, our our alumni who are around a lot and a big part of the running community, you know those those runners. Uh, definitely know who Molly huddle is and uh, were super excited when when they found out that Molly was was going to be involved with what we were doing. And we had the opportunity to bring Molly to those, Lincoln. to yeah. Lincoln, to those ambassadors, to share her with people. And um, I think that was pretty special. And for us to be able to do that for our running community um, is, uh, you know, there's, there's really nothing that compares that we've been able to do for our running community. It's pretty neat.
1: Yeah. And I've, I've never personally, I haven't met her um, personally. I wasn't in Lincoln, you know, at that event. Um, you know, but everything I've seen and heard, um, just seems like an amazing, amazing person. And I just think it's, it's always special when, you know, somebody of that caliber, um, you know, is, is involved and, in, and in wanting to do more, um, and, you know, and, and being helpful and, and helping others, you know, not, you know, in, the, in this world of athletes now that a lot can be, you know, self-centered or all about me, 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 it, you, Molly's out there, you know, doing stuff for other people and raising awareness, you know, in a space that desperately needs it. And, you know, and for me, that's you know something that's really special.
0: I couldn't agree with both of you guys more. And uh, I'm excited to see her make that Olympic marathon team. And, you know, see, she is going to win a major marathon here. It's just a, it's not a question of uh, if it's just a matter of when. Um, So it's exciting to see her on that journey, and it's great to have her involved in what we do here at Project Purple.
2: So I'm just just a side note here. So if, I'm, we now, uh, if we had a vlog now,
0: if we had a we vlog, I Chelsea could show everyone this. But right I now, do have Right now, I'm pulling
2: there. up like the, the you know the fake picture we <laughs> oh, have with Molly right, Huddle. You know, we right. had the yeah, we the had the fat the fat head, the cardboard yeah. cutout. Um, huh. and then I was going to pull up the real, real photo <laughs> that I have with Molly <laughs> yeah. Huddle. So yeah,
1: which you had. In so, so I we a little fun. I do have pictures with the fat head. Which
0: which is a fake cutout picture, so right. it's like you know, make so, sure that the audience knows. What we can happens. get those it's online. Not a, or anything. It's not Molly does not have a fat head. <laughs> it was just it was ordered by Head, which is a company that makes these cardboard cutouts. And the reasoning behind that is when Molly ran Boston in that torrential worst two years ago, yeah, the worst downtown. weather ever. Uh, we were out there on the course supporting her, and and we had a big cardboard cutout her face and and we bring that to we brought it to new york when she ran new york uh, when we were involved and so it's it's just something that we bring to cheer her on on the course so it's just been awesome all right coming in at number two we're almost done here folks two more to go but uh coming in for number two of the decade and our top 10 is breaking two records uh the first was 2018 in new york where our team raised $478,000, just shy of half a million dollars with only 91 runners. And then the second was this year, um 2019 in Chicago with only 81 runners breaking the 230,000 mark. So, you know, we've had tremendous success. I mean, our, our, marathon program is well into the seven figures now over the last couple of years consecutively, but those two races for me, uh, and the, the staff here knows this, I'm pretty competitive. Um, just a little bit guys, right? Just, <laughs> just a little, just bit. a little bit. Um, but you know, I think at those two races, those are the two biggest U.S. marathons, and and New York is the biggest marathon in the world. Chicago, depending on the year, could come in anywhere between, you know, four or five or three to five in that range. So, two of the top five marathons in the world, the two biggest in the United States, and to be at the top in terms of GoFundMe, which is now it's now GoFundMe used to be CrowdRise with all these other charities that report into that to be at the very top and to have those numbers with the teams we have has just been so special.
2: And I, I think the, the reason we're so proud of this is, is of course year after year, if you're getting more entries, like you're going to raise more money and, and that's fantastic. and, uh, that's what we continue to do, but I, the the reason we're so proud of these numbers is because these teams were really special teams, and our fundraisers went above and beyond uh, to raise this amount of money. So, if you look at our per runner averages for these races, uh, they were really impressive, and. Uh, I think that's a result of of over the years us really building relationships with runners and and not losing sight of that that that's that's really what we care about that's what matters building those relationships. Uh, so it was pretty amazing to to see those numbers come out for for both New York and Chicago.
1: Yeah, and from being in a different program, I know went last year sitting across the hallway from you or the aisle from you in our cubicles. Um, it it was with New York, it was just like every day or every week it was just, like, Oh, we got another, Oh, we broke this right. And the, the number just kept going and going. It, it, it built excitement, not only through the runners, I think, you know, as you sent out those emails and, and keep the team engaged, but I think excitement in the office, um, just a little, I think there was a little bit more energy and I think it goes back to everything we've talked about. It's just been the growth that we've seen. Um, you know, over the years and then being a part of that Chicago team this year. Um, and actually getting to experience the emails and the communication that you That's have. That's right. Thanks, Ben. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for being Man. part of that yeah, Chicago thanks, team. Thanks for making me run that. I'm still recovering, by <laughs> the way. No one um, made you run it. That was
0: your, your choice.
2: I did but, remind him pretty frequently um, that the spots were going to actually. He mentioned, no, hey, actually
0: he mentioned it back in a 2000. year ago today. Yeah. I registered. Yeah, but you mentioned it when we brought you out to Chicago, which was No, like I didn't first. mention it. You said, hey, you I, I'm going to run, mar- no, run a marathon. I want to run a marathon on my 40th. So it was like, okay. So,
1: yeah, a year ago today I registered for yeah. it. So crazy. so Yeah, so you, yeah. you said it. So I did. I don't know if I'll ever do another one. Probably will because I want to break five hours. But <laughs> um it, it was experience, it was it definitely amazing to see those two teams and the growth of the other teams too. Um you know, hitting those records and doing more and more things. And like you said, it just opens doors for us to have more spots in these races, which goes to the bottom line of helping, you know, beat this disease.
2: Yeah. Pretty awesome.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I've said something here, you know, as we've, we've talked through these,
0: I mean, they're all special moments, right. And I think the top two, and we're going to talk about number one here really stand out a bit though for me, because as I look back and reflect on what we just talked about, Because if you look at the success, uh, we are only as successful in terms of helping our patients, funding research. Without the support of our participants, like we don't do that, right? So the the success of the the above and beyond success of these programs and the marathon program, which has been really special. And I'm confident that the fitness program and our walk run program is going to get there. We just have been at it a lot longer with our marathon program. And it's just been really special to see that. And these two races individually, for me, really stand out. And I will say this for our audience listening at home, you know, we could not do this, not to sound like a broken record, without the the runners that do this and the families that really, really get involved and engage. But this year, Chicago, I, I think last year, and I think you guys heard me say this in Chicago, and even New York this year, which still raised, you know, 435000 which, you know, it's still an amazing accomplishment. We were still one of the top charities in the program. Um, on CrowdRise, we were number one behind, well, number two behind Team and Training, which had
2: uh, Team, for, team kids, for Kids. Which doesn't really count. That's the in-house charity.
0: In-house charity. They had unlimited, I think they had something like 2,100 runners or 2,200 runners. So, But for all the charities that were listed on on GoFundMe, uh, we were still number one or number two, depending on how you look at it. But anyways... I didn't realize, you know, Vin said, Hey, like every week we were hitting records. And I think when you're in that moment, sometimes you have to take a step back and realize like, Oh my God, like this is really special. Like stop, smell the roses, look around the room and realize like all the hard work that, you know, you've done over the last eight years or nine years comes to that point. Right. And not to use a sport analogy with the audience listening at home, but You know, you see these professional athletes like Michael Jordan, for example, like what made him so great is all that work that he put in ahead of time. So when he was winning all those championships, like shooting those fadeaways and shooting those jumpers with people right in his face and, you know, him being so clutch in those moments. He had practiced that thousands and thousands and thousands of times beforehand. So he just didn't show up the day of the game and be that great. So it's kind of a testament for us here, at least for me, as I look at this, you know, over the last nine years of just working really, really hard, having a great team and having great participants and great families with us. And it's just really special.
2: You might as well just like rip my heart out with the (laughs) Michael Jordan analogy (laughs) because he... I, I was him growing yeah. up and, and yeah, that, that's a really good so how analogy. Did I, rip,
0: I, I ripped your heart. So yeah, in a good, it's, way, it's good in, way. In a
2: good way. Yeah. <laughs> you ripped it out in a good way.
0: Well, I was listening to the radio this morning and they were talking to Giannis Antetokounmpo and they were talking about like how he, you know, had such a great game last night. This is recorded. They just beat the Lakers. You know, both teams are on this record pace and he was talking about threes and like he's been making those he's been taking those shots for the last 5 years since he got into the league and he finally shot like exceptional last night and will he do it in the next game who knows but the point is is he put in the work Right. And Jordan's a great example, I think, because a lot of people know Michael Jordan. I don't know how many listeners at home know who Giannis is just yet. Uh, Maybe in 10 years, they'll look back and be like, oh my God, like that's the guy Dino was talking about was, you know, the second greatest player of all time (laughs) or third greatest player, right? Maybe Colby's number two. But um, the point is here is like it's just really special for us here, number two, for those two teams, for the top top 10 of the decade coming in at number two where, you know, that New York team breaking that monster barrier, we had never raised more than like 400,000 and to just obliterate that like was just unbelievable. Um, Yeah,
2: crushed it. I think the year before that was like 350.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. So it's just absolutely dominate that. And then Chicago this year, we've never, (laughs) we've never gone past like one eighty. Um, you know, and to have you know, again, just a, an, an awesome year. And you know, the credit goes to the team that works on that Chelsea and the rest of the team here because everyone kind of plays in a bit on that, but also the runners and their families because we really have had some amazing families uh, that have allowed us the opportunity to get to those numbers. Yeah. All right. Number one, producer Sam, drum roll, please. This is it. The last 10 years, top 10. Of the decade, coming in at number one, and this was pretty unanimous across the board for everyone here in the studio when we when we had these ideas, was the largest grant ever, um, which was our grant last year to NYU to Dr. Diane Simeon for 1.25 million, which turned into the pre-seed uh, grant, which just, uh, just became something now that moving forward is just something that's really, really amazing.
1: Yeah. I, I second that, (laughs) um, watching it come to fruition. I know when we announced it last year, uh, it was pretty cool to hear that announcement. Um, and then fast forward a year with, with all the facilities that are involved and the ones internationally that are involved that are, you know, coming together, sharing information with one, goal and and the same goal I think from you know from everything you've told us about it and your meeting this past or two weekends ago. Um you sharing that information, one goal of increasing the survival rate, you know, from the single digits that it is now in the next, you know, ten years, but also finding that early detection, you know, protocol or procedure or test that that is, you know, vital to increasing that survival rate. So I'm excited to see where that goes and how it grows and it's, it's exciting to watch and be a part of.
2: And uh, this is a direct result of not only like the relationships that Dino has built and formed. Um, I mean, uh, that's part of it, right? Yes. Um, but all of the work that all the runners mm-hmm. and families have put in, uh, over the years to make our, our running program so big, uh, you know, uh, a lot of the money that was raised uh, in our our New York City Marathon 2018 was able to help fund this project. So um, it's pretty cool to see uh, all that hard work put in uh, actually amount to something and result in something so uh, big and promising for for the future.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more with what you guys said, and uh, it's really exciting to see the future. Precede for the audience listening at home is a worldwide consortium, 34 centers, six countries involved in the seven countries, actually, including ours here, uh, 34 centers. And its goal is to help find early detection with the high risk group of families that uh, we know genetics plays a large part into this. So we are a funder of Precede, it's first funder, and we're looking forward to the future, working with multiple centers, helping them get families involved and, and following these patients. We're going we're gonna to beat this thing. And, and early detection is the way that we are going to go about doing this and improving lives, improving expe- uh, life expectancy. And quality of life, that's all gonna come through this. So we're excited to be that. And that was just monumental for us. And to echo what Chelsea just said, you know, it all comes down to our participants. And I think this has been kind of a common theme, you know, through all of these. It's been, you know, the participants that have allowed us to do what we've been able to do. So for those listening at home, thank you guys. I know it sounds like a broken record sometimes for allowing us to do what we do, um, but it really does mean we can do some great things and that goes from our pfa program of helping so many families to making these large grants and to doing things that no one's ever thought about ever before in terms of the space of early detection so with that that closes our top 10 of the decade I just want to mention, you know, there were so many things. You know, as we talked here, I made some few honorable notes, mentions. Few honorable mentions: our pizza contest, which is really cool. Chelsea, you've done a lot with some universities and schools a couple you years ago, yeah. which was just huge awareness. And then, you know, we've got some other ancillary programs, uh, pints for PC that we've run here locally that we're going to expand in twenty twenty. Our food
2: truck event, food, food truck, truck event.
0: event. There's been so many cool things, and you know, I think it was just really hard to. to Put everything into 10 and i think we we kind of did the decade a lot of justice um in terms of picking you know some highlights for us but at the end of the day i think it's been really about our participants and thank you guys uh not to sound like a broken record but you really do give us the ability to to be amazing and allow us to do these amazing things so on that note as we always say that's a wrap of another episode of the project purple podcast but i will say this we're excited for 2020 we're excited for the future it cannot be done without the support of all our participants so if you love what you hear here please share our podcast share it with your friends uh, share it with your family members share it with strangers Um, if you want to get involved check out our website at projectpurple.org. and thank you guys for allowing us to do all the amazing things that we do that's a wrap of another episode of the project purple podcast